to the point where they get to 40, 45, 50, 55, and they go, I can't do this anymore. What? What is this? Hey, everybody, it's Mark Yegi. Welcome back to another special episode of the Wealth Architect Podcast. Today, we have a returning guest. He was so good the first time we had to get more of this guy. And he's a good friend of mine. Through his unique outdoor-focused brand of coaching, events, and speaking, this guy has provided transformative experiences to leaders and teams around the world. His mission is to help create a life of purpose by reconnecting them with themselves. This is what's cracking me up. Leveraging his extensive life experience that encompasses everything from running a multi-million dollar engineering business in Australia to skiing the world's longest giant slalom race, wearing only a G-string and pretending to be an electrical engineer for eight months. He's got an approach that basically uses his approach to life uh, as his coaching method, right? With energy, commitment, fun. He's happiest when he's in nature. Uh, this guy is awesome. I think you're going to really like him. Uh, it's Jim Hughes. Welcome, Jim. Welcome, Mark. Absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for having me. You know, Jim, one of the things I love about you is that, um, you know, you like to live life, as you call it, untamed, right? That's kind of your thing. You, uh, you, you think life is a playground, and it's a really cool metaphor that you have. Is you approach everything as a game, as a fun thing, which is totally resonating with me. Um, and, and that's how you kind of teach people, and that's how you kind of coach people, and that's how you, how you help people. Let's, let's talk a bit about that, but I, I specifically want to focus on, uh, on, on the theme of purpose, because that's come up so many times in conversations that I've had lately. People just want to know what they should be doing or they want to feel like they've got a purpose. Let's start with how you kind of attack that. Because I know that's a big value worth of yours. Something, whatever that it, means. It is. It, it is. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a big thing to attack in three months worth of coaching. So let alone in, a, in, a, in an answer to, on a podcast, but I will do my best to be concise. Um, you're having a purpose is so, is so, clear i mean we've all heard the words but probably less of us have actually done the work to connect with what our purpose might be it, a purpose is important when we are navigating on certain times it's like the north star that kind of keeps us on on track and it keeps us confident when times get tough and it inspires us and, and all of that good stuff and often people have a, a misconception i believe around purpose people look at the famous examples of of people who are clearly living their purpose and they think that they should all be like that, that, that your purpose is obvious um, and that it should be easy to find. But actually the people whose purpose is sort of so close to the surface, it's easy to click it and attach it to is actually the exception, not the rule. Most people, myself included, have to dig and dig and dig and dig to understand what their purpose is. And so often that digging involves going somewhere painful because I believe often a purpose is, is next to your pain and often the greater the pain the greater the sense of purpose to give you a couple of examples you've got you know people who are recovering addicts they are imbued with a sense of purpose to help other people go through that same mm. challenge you've got single mums they want to create products that helps other single mums you've got military veterans who want to help other mil military veterans it's not always a sense of pain i suppose but it's, it's a sense of a, a, a strong emotional journey that people have been on that they can connect with and they can empathize with others who go on the same kind of path so wow. that pain is often a reason why some people don't want to go on that journey either 
<laughs> Interesting. You know, I I just kind of did a mental check, you know, checklist of how many countries you and I have been in together. And I think it's five. And throughout those five countries, conversations have always kind of gravitated toward your purpose. I mean, in mine too, but just in thinking about our conversations together. And so maybe you could take us back through how you kind of discovered what what you were supposed to be doing and and, and how you love it. Because I could try to knock you off of your game and you're always going to center back on that on that purpose. Like, you know, even when the chips are down, you're like, no, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is how how great it is. Tell us about that. Tell us about that little journey. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, you, you give me goose pimples when you say that because it's so true. We've had many chats where the the how, the specific method of getting things over the line or, or growing have been in doubt, but the but the why and the general direction I've like you say I've never veered from, and I I take great pride in that. But uh, as you say, that's come from um, it's come from a lot of hard work to get to that level of clarity, and that hard work started probably seven years ago when I was living in Australia, running a business that was very exciting, very inspiring. Uh, well, sorry, it wasn't actually inspiring. It was exciting. It was chaotic. <laughs> it was it was like drinking from a fire hose. I was learning every day. I had no clue what I was doing, making up as I went along. And uh, as you know, I thrive in chaos, but there's only there's a finite amount of chaos what any one person can handle. And uh, the, when the learning curve slowed down, it just got far too stressful uh, or the stress that had always been there, sorry, you know, came became obvious. <laughs> so I realized I needed to do something about it. And I was like, all right, enough's enough. Who am I? What do I want to do? Who do I want to serve? How do I want to serve them? What lifestyle do I want to lead? I just, I started with the big questions and I started just clarifying more about me, my gifts, my strengths, my weaknesses, my beliefs, my assumptions, what inspired me, you know, all of that stuff. And I would join, uh, I mean, I flew from Western Australia to host, to, to come to one of your events. You're running in Whistler when we first met face-to-face, -face, you know, thousands of miles for a week-long event in order to understand myself, in order to connect with other people who could help me understand myself, in order right. to figure out what was gonna what was gonna change my life. And that was just one of many things and many dollars and, <laughs> that I spent over the course of probably initially at least about 18 months, but it, of course it's ongoing, uh figuring that out. And that's why I, I kind of uh I do I do push back on people and they say, Yeah, but it's all right for you. You know, you, you know your thing. Like, yeah, I do, but yeah. it took a lot of work to get here. Yeah. Hi, I'm Mark Yegi. Every new year brings hope. But have you ever made those resolutions and by February they're out the window? Yeah, me too. This coming January 13th and 14th, join me at your greatest year. It's an online summit dedicated to setting you on a path to transformation, abundance, and growth. Make your resolutions a reality. Let's create magic together in 2024. Make 2024 your greatest year. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing in anything, right? I mean, people look at rich people and go, yeah, it's easy for you. You just, it came easy to you, right? They didn't see the 10 years of work or 20 years or 30 years of work before somebody became an overnight success, right? It's just, it's the same story we hear all the time. People just don't believe it because they think, you know, they just look at the the latest Instagram post and think, oh man, that person just has a ton of followers, yeah. you know, uh, but they don't, they don't see the, the toils behind it. So how, how do you, how do you do it? How do you, how do you take somebody that's, you know, been going down this track, right? So let me, let me just back up because I have this belief that we, 
we send people on these tracks in our cultures, right? Yours, mine, a lot of the Western cultures. We tell them that, you know, if you're a good boy or you're a good girl and you study really hard and you, you get good grades then you can go to a really good school. And if you go to a really good school, you're going to get a really good job. And if you really get a really good job, you're going to find a nice spouse and you're going to have a couple of kids and a dog and you're going to be able to afford to buy a house and a really nice car and then a nicer house and a nicer car. And then you're going to die or you're going to retire and you're going to die. So that's kind of the program that we all have. And so what we do, we get, we make this decision when we're 17 years old, 18 years old, too young to be making a decision sometimes <laughs> about what we're supposed to be doing in our lives. And we go off on this thing because it's all about the money and get, you know, chasing after the dough. And then we realize we're like 35 years old. We look to the person across the way from us. A lot of times we're not happy with that person where well, we have a 60% divorce rate. And then we're like, what is my life all about? You know, what the heck have I been doing here? I'm, I hate my job. I hate this nine to five thing. Or maybe you hate the business you're in. You just don't like the situation because you haven't made You're you're kind of like I call it the Kramerization. And I'm going to try to see if I could do that. Like if you ever watch Seinfeld, he's got this neighbor across the hall called Kramer. And Kramer is only friends with Seinfeld. They have nothing in common, but they're neighbors. That's the only reason they're friends. And sometimes the only reason we have a job or do a certain career is because we got Kramerized into it. It was like, oh, I met somebody that I met somebody or some teacher told me this or my mom told me I had to be a whatever. And that's how I'm here. But that's not what I really want. So I think we Kramerize ourselves into life and then we never sit down and really find our purpose. How do we find our purpose, Jim? I agree with everything you've said, aside from the fact I've never watched Seinfeld. Um, <laughs> I, I, was, I did a talk yesterday, and one of the lines in that talk was, I work with a lot of driven people, as I know a lot of driven people listen to this podcast. They are often driven um, to success through sports or military or business, you know, whether it's investing or running their own business or whatever. And and. I say in the in the talk yesterday, I said that so people so often are so focused on running up that hill, they rarely stop, slow down, pause, check in. Not only that they're on the right path, but they're even on the right hill. <laughs> hill. Yeah, you know? I, nearly, I nearly swore, but I wasn't sure about your swear word policy on this podcast. So, uh, and especially with especially, I think we're driven people, but society writ large, we are. It's it's moving faster than ever. We want quick fixes. We want neat, digestible solutions. We want seven hacks to this. We want 10 steps to that. And life ge generally, especially if you're doing the deeper work to understand the bigger questions, never really works like that. But we, we, we're not really prepared to go down that path to the point where, to, to touch on the journey that you've just described, let's say you're, you're driven. And most people I know who are driven that I work with have been driven from the age of six yeah. or the age of eight either they're in a very competitive household or they felt abandoned or alone and they needed to perform like performing highly was their way of being seen and heard, which is so, like so common for the people I work with. So they go, Oh, okay. I just did really well at gym class or I just got top grades at whatever. And that works for them and they get noticed and their parents who are come, you know, covering up or, or trying to meet their own needs through their children go oh okay brilliant so it's a it's a self-fulfilling cycle yeah it gets reinforced the child likes it because they get listened to and the parents like it because they got the child who can make them significant so they go down that path and then 
like you say, they, they're sort of Kramerized in the sense that it's not necessarily them at their deepest core. It's not necessarily something that inspires them. It just happens to be something they're good at. And then they know the right person. So they get into it and then they get further into it. And then they invest in education towards it. So the sunk cost fallacy comes in. And then they're just so far down that path. And they've been going harder and harder and harder. And if if in doubt, try harder is usually the mantra for somebody who's really driven. Yeah. To the point where they get to 40, 45, 50, 55, and they go, I can't do this anymore. What? What is this? And they start to have doubts. And as you'll know from the people you know and have on this podcast and listen to this podcast, that uncertainty is not something that a lot of people are comfortable with. They're yeah. used to knowing. They're used to having the answers and not knowing scares the shit out of them. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they go, ah, now I need to start asking the questions because I can't, I'm, I'm now too old or too far down the line to just go, oh yeah, but it'll be all right when. Now's the time where they go, okay, I want to do answer ask the deeper questions. Who am I? What do I want to do? How do I want to inspire? It's not just about the money anymore. They want a deeper meaning. So I just help unpick all of that journey, help them understand what drove them in the first place, the fears, the inspirations, the loves, the passions, the beliefs, the assumptions. And when you start to clear that up, then you can say, okay, well, now I know what to do with this. There's some stories that I'm carrying here. Do I want to keep those stories? Do I want to, do I want to bin those stories? The certain characters that I that I rely on to get me through life. Do I want to keep giving them the, the microphone or do I want to uh, send them away into the pastures? Right. And then when we start to understand that, you can say, well, what what emotional experiences, positive or negative, have you been through? And, and what impact did it have on you? Because often, like I said earlier, your purpose is strongly linked to that. Then you can combine that with what actually inspires you, not just what you're good at. And then you can combine that with what people might want to pay for. And then and then you can start to get this picture. You're starting to dot a dot here and a dot there and a dot here. And, and this picture starts to be created where you go, ah, okay, this is feeling. And then you just got to keep moving forward because that's never going to be the finished polished thing, as you know, from business. Right. You can't just start a business. That's it. It evolves over time. And you've got to be prepared to, to go down that path to keep evolving and learning from it. It's actually fascinating because I, I think it is a process, but it is a process that once you start to go on that discovery, and a lot of times I think the discovery starts from solitude, right? It just starts from thinking. You know, we don't just even take the time to think about our thinking anymore. And uh, not anymore. I, mean, I don't think we ever taught that. We've, we've, we've always got something going on, something in the background, some TV, some social media, some music, where we don't just sit and think about what we're doing. Um, but But you said something in there about, other people in your life. And, and I, I don't want to take too much time here because, because I like where we're going, but I do want to talk about the, the environment that you surround yourself with. I mean, we all know the quote Jim Rohn said years ago, you know, you're the average of the five people that you surround yourself with. And I believe that to a, to a lot of degree. Uh, I also believe that sometimes you have to uh, hit the reject button on people in your life that have been in your life that have loved you, that may still love you but are not serving you to be the best person that you are. How do you, how do you navigate that part of, you know, being on your purpose? Maybe there's some unhealthiness that's somewhere in there that you need to do something about. What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah. A tricky one. I, and I agree with you. I love that quote. And often people ask what's, if there was only one thing you could do or I can do, if they're asking me to, to sort of achieve what I want to achieve, be fulfilled and be at peace or whatever. Uh, I say just curate the people that you spend time with because they're going to, the right people will support 
you where you're going, not just be comfortable with who you are now. Because a lot of people in your life are there, especially when it's not family, you know, people by choice, like friends and, and perhaps to a lesser extent colleagues, they're in your life because of who you are now. And you're in and they're in your life because of the other way around. Like you like them now. You, you rarely make friends with somebody because of the potential they have. <laughs> but the biggest challenge, especially with the work that I do and the people that I work with, uh, one of the biggest challenges they face is, is outgrowing their partner. Sure. And you and I both know people who've, who've been on that journey. I mean, the, the mastermind that, that you ran, that was full of people that that was the case. And, it, and it's a genuine challenge because the, the partners, they're, they're together because they were a certain way at a certain time, meeting a certain need. And then all of a sudden one person goes, uh, I don't think I'm living my purpose. I don't think I'm in it coming from an authentic place. And they start to tap into a higher version or a deeper version, whichever way you want to look at it, of themselves. And they start to be more authentic and their needs change and the way they meet those needs changes. And they, and all of a sudden the partner goes, whoa, 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 what's going on here? And they start, some people, they start to fear unnecessarily. So they start to fear that them, their other, other half changing means they're about to leave. Mm -hmm. Like they're, go, they're soon going to become irrelevant. Some just don't like the new person because they like the old and they want to keep them where they are. And it's it's navigating that is incredibly difficult. But so with an intimate relationship, that's obviously probably one of the most hard, the hardest relationships to sever. Not that the 60 percent stat you gave before would suggest that, but for, for the remaining 40, it's, it's really difficult. But yeah you've got to be so important you've got to be so intentional with who you spend your time with and that doesn't I, I don't advocate just carte blanche going through your address book and just not contacting anyone ever again who's, who's said anything nasty to you or not being nice it's not about that it's it's doing your utmost to create a relationship that works for both parties not just them serving you it's not, of course it's not about that but often the other person doesn't want to go there they, they're not prepared they just don't show up in a certain way and if if, if ultimately the juice is not worth the squeeze, you've got to be really intentional with that. Do you sever the relationship completely? Do you become more conscious of the time that you spend with that person? Yeah. Or is it workable and you can actually grow through this together and, and finding that balance is really hard. Um, I often go for the middle one. I'm not somebody who generally rules people out of my life. I've, I've done it with a couple of people I care about through my life only. Um, and that was after trying everything. But with others, it's a case of, okay, I know what this person means to me and I'm going to manage my energies accordingly. Because again, you'll know how much of this comes from a bitterness because the person tries to fix the other person or tries to support them or tries to do everything they can. They people please. And then they don't get it back. They become bitter and the relationship strained. So just, I suppose, yeah, just being intentional to what your energy is towards that person and the role they play. Wow. Um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of stuff there that I want to unpack, but I don't have the time to unpack, but it's, it's good. Um, thanks for, thanks for shedding the, some of the light on it. Uh, because I, so I know that it's important in my life, uh, you know, certain relationships and certain relationships that are not there anymore. It's important for me to continue to grow. Um, you can't have, you can't be running a marathon with a ball and chain around your ankle or an anchor around your ankle. Um, so I, I a couple of, a couple more things I want to cover, I guess, and you're going to be speaking at an event. So, so speaking of community, I have a community called Light Circle. It's a mastermind community. I'm, a, I'm really excited about it. And, uh, we're kind of kicking off an event in the beginning of January of 2024, 13th and 14th, an event called Your Greatest Year. And you're going to be one of our speakers. So 
I'm excited about that. What are you going to be talking about? Now, we have a lot of exciting speakers coming in to talk about different areas and walking people through different areas so they can make 2024 their greatest year. What are you going to be telling us, uh, telling the participants? It's an online event. What are you going to be telling them online, uh, you know, in January? Uh, well, before I do that, just to back up what you said, yeah, it's going to be mega. I, I know a few of the people that you've got speaking and they are, there's some high level people there who care deeply about helping others and none more so than you. And I, I actually started to write a post yesterday, which I'm going to post soon about how speaking at this event means a lot to me because I met you for the first time six years ago and seeing the the what you'd created this the the achievement the success and then also just seeing you playing the piano with con consummate ease with a flowery shirt on uh -huh. i was like oh god so i just immediately put you on this big pedestal which is still there to this day to an extent and uh so yeah it's 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 an honor to be speaking at this and and i know how much you care and the value that you add so i think the event's going to be phenomenal so for anyone listening I, I highly recommend checking it out and uh I will be speaking on the topic that we've been discussing today, which is purpose. And basically, like, I'm not going to profess to be able to help people figure out their purpose in in a, in a short workshop. It's 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 a, it's a far longer process than that. But I, what I will do is help people understand the value of purpose and maybe overcome or help them overcome their resistances to even figuring it out. Because like I said before, some people don't want to go on that journey because they may see things they don't want to see or they may be confronted with a choice that they don't want to make yeah because they like the comfort they like the comfort of where they are now so for anyone who's on the fence the workshop will hopefully empower you and uh, instill a sense of clarity as to why your purpose is really important and then there's some initial uh, initial suggestions of how we can go about doing it um because ultimately like we've talked about you, you if you have a purpose and, and a mission and underlying clarity over who you are and what inspires you, everything else in life becomes so much easier to understand because it's built off that foundation. Right. Well, good. Well, thank, thanks for the compliments, by the way, and, and feelings are mutual. And I'm really excited to have you speak because I know I've seen you speak in front of groups and you are awesome. You make it, you make it happen and you, you actually start transformations and, uh, and then you could finish them too. So that's, it's really kind of cool. So, um, but you have something cool going on coming up in 2024 as well. And I want to just spend a couple of minutes talking about that and then I'll let you go. But uh, but you have this group that you are putting together uh, to kind of explore and grow and, and do things in your kind of environment. Can you tell us just a little bit about that? I can. In fact, I was out in a field about uh, half an hour before this podcast recording the video for it, <laughs> trying to overcome the wind noise. <laughs> so the trials and tribulations hey uh yeah no it's it's something i'm really excited about it's actually been inspired by a lot of your work and it's uh it's a mastermind for leaders specifically i've never framed my work explicitly around leadership but leadership it, it comes into it in so many levels and, and it just so happens that a lot of people i know and that are in my sphere are are leaders in various forms so bringing together these an intimate group of leaders uh, into a mastermind is something that's incredibly inspiring for me. And it's going to be called the leaders playground and it'll be I don't know, 10 to 15 people and we'll get together for quarterly adventure days. As you said, as you mentioned earlier, I like the idea of treating life and the world like a playground, taking, uh, bringing back more adventure and more fun into our lives, especially when you're running a business and investing and everything else. It's just, it can be, it can be easy to take it too seriously. So getting alongside other people who are just willing to have fun and get the heart rate pumping and the blood racing and all that good stuff. 
Uh, we do that every quarter and then uh, online discussions around specific leadership challenges they may be facing, whether it's uh, having challenging conversations, leading through uncertainty, understanding their own blind spots, um, all that kind of stuff. And then it's mixed with some one-to-one sessions and hot seats and and then a retreat in the middle of it all. So, yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it. It's a blend of all my favorite things wrapped up into one. So it's going to be launching in March next year. So. Well, you know, you and I know the power of, uh, of going on events and and interfacing and having adventure, especially on those events with people. So uh, these are truly transformational things. And I have no doubt you're going to do great things with this new group. How do people find out about that, Jim? Um, they go on my website, becomeuntamed.com. And um, that page will probably be live by the time this goes live. So um, it'll be forward slash the leaders playground. There'll be a link to it um, through that page anyway. Um, so yeah, becomeuntamed.com. And there's also a little quiz people can take on the, on the website as well. Um, the find your true path quiz. It's just a short quiz to give you a, a better sense of how close you are to finding your playground, isn't it? And to the extent, the extent to which you know yourself. And it gives you a couple of little pinpointers that you can, uh, that you can take action on immediately. That's great. Well, listen, I want to thank you for your time, your wisdom, uh, the ways that you lead people in the world and uh, the way you help people discover their purpose and find their playground. I think all those things are really great and uh, keep doing some great work because you are changing lives one at a time. It's a, it's a really cool thing. If you, you just do one at a time, all of a sudden you look back in a few years and realize how much, how much impact you've had on the world. So thank you, Jim Hughes, for being with me. Uh, and thank you all for listening, watching, and being a part of the Wealth Architect podcast. Remember what I always say, never give up your power in your health, your wealth, or your time. Have a great day, everybody. See you next time on the Wealth Architect Podcast. Hi, I'm Mark Yegi. Every new year brings hope. But have you ever made those resolutions and by February, they're out the window? Yeah, me too. This coming January 13th and 14th, join me at Your Greatest Year. It's an online summit dedicated to setting you on a path to transformation, abundance, and growth. Make your resolutions a reality. Let's create magic together in 2024. Make 2024 your greatest year.